Welcome to Aspire Higher Health and Fitness. We are a fitness and lifestyle company that takes a holistic approach to achieve a better you. Aspire Higher Health and Fitness is about overcoming. What does overcoming mean? It means overcoming the obstacles life throws at you. We are here to help you get out of your own way. Bust down those barriers, break through any and all limitations. Follow us each week as we discuss how to level up your life. Welcome everybody to another episode of Aspire Higher Health and Fitness. Thank you for joining us again today. This is VJ Prasad. And Tracy Abelson. And we have our new special guest for today, Miss Kendra Moak. Now Kendra is actually a very well-received boxing coach for us. And when I say well-received, it's because we like her. And, <laughs> and that's saying a lot. <laughs> um, Kendra, first, before we get into all of the nitty-gritty of what we're going to go through today, can you just give us a little bit of your background? So, uh, folks, what we're going to be talking about today is we're actually going to be going a lot into the concept of women in combat sports, and uh, Ken Kendra is very well known in the field. And so, Kendra, first, give us a little bit of your pedigree and, and what it is that has uh, been your experience with boxing, your coaching level, your experience in competition, all of that, if you could. Um, okay, so um, I started boxing when I was 18. Actually, I started kickboxing, and um, I got kicked in the face, so then I stopped kickboxing, <laughs> uh, and then I went to boxing, boxing, and my coach, I started in Bonneville because I was teaching in Bonneville, and I was super bored, because if you've ever been to Bonneville, it's not a lot to do there. Oh, bon like um, as in up by, by Edmund, or up in Alberta. northern Alberta there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I came down to Calgary and I started fighting. Um, and so I guess my pedigree is um, I'm nine-time provincial champ and three-time national bronze medalist at 119 uh, pounds. And then I have a level two um, coaching certificate, but that really doesn't really mean anything because I coach a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> like so. as in NCCP coaching? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I have that too with judo. <laughs> yeah, right? So it doesn't really mean anything because in the pro world, you don't really need um, coaching levels. And right. in the actor world, really, you don't either. So whatever. Yeah. All right. And now when we're going into the first off, the the, uh, the training regimen, let's start right there because right off the bat, that's one of the big things that a lot of people now... Uh, today, folks, when we're talking about women in combat sports, now we're going to talk about kind of all of it in terms of what it does for women as a whole, but also what the training itself means. Because we are Aspire Health and Fitness, and with Aspire Higher Health and Fitness, it is one of our biggest focuses aside from the mental and spiritual aspects. Now, Kendra, when we're talking about the training, and I want you to talk to me based on your level of training. So I'm talking about that elite national level training. When we're talking about boxing as a conditioning sport, First of all, do you think there's too many other sports that can rival in terms of their level of conditioning? Mm, no, I don't think so. I honestly, maybe swimming, oh. but it's a different type of athleticism just because you it's the breathing aspect. But I'm not, no, I don't think so. Like, I know there's been that study and boxing was at the top of the um, sport difficulty level and the mm -hmm. training level, but I, I honestly don't think... It's a different type of sport, for sure. It's very much so 
as they always say, fighters are a different breed. Because yeah. when it comes to being in competition, first of all, there has to be something wrong with us to want to get into a ring and know that we're going in there either to hurt someone else or get hurt <laughs> when right. like putting it putting it right down to the base it's a very primal thing now when it comes to the mental aspect of that primal urge that all of us have and if people out there want to say they don't have a primal urge you're full of shit <laughs> we all have that primal urge it's part of who we are that's that fight or flight makeup first of all do you think that a fighter can actually survive if they're more the flight than the fight I think so. Yes, you just have to train yourself to. Um, I, for example, I think I have more of a fight, a flight, than a fight reflex. Okay. Um, but we had to do some mental training to overcome that. Um, so, if you've ever seen the show Tapia or the documentary on Tapia, the fighter, mm-hmm. he had um, a very fight reflex because he grew up in a traumatic situation in his life Mm -hmm. and um so his instinct was to keep fighting so he thrived in that high pressure um situation right whereas for me because i grew up in like a normal like three-bedroom house with you know 2.5 kids and all the rest of it not ever struggling not ever having to live in like a traumatic situation for me it was easier to think like oh i just got to get out of here um, so my coach Doug Parker and I really worked on staying in and staying in that fight when my whole body and soul wanted to get out. Okay. Now that is one of those aspects. Now again, women in com- and again we're focusing very much on the women aspect. Now women in combat sports. I personally do not believe there is much difference between men and women when it comes to the um, the fight game. But do you think there's a difference in mentality from how men think versus how women think in the fight game? Um, I almost think that women are better at fighting in competition than men. Okay. Because um, there's such a strong masculinity and like such a belief that guys are supposed to dominate and there's that egotistical egotistical part of it um, for guys, whereas girls, it just becomes a sport. Right. So we don't have to murder everyone. We can outpoint them. We can outskill um, them. Whereas guys, they get that ego, and all of a sudden, if they're getting punched in the face, they go crazy because they think, oh my gosh, I'm getting beat up, and I don't want anyone to see me get beat up. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Because yeah. I've yeah. seen guys just training, like, Anger is one of the biggest things they have to overcome when they get in yeah. there and they're sparring because when they get when they get tagged, then all of a sudden they get pissed off and they want to take the guy's head off. Yeah, and I think that girls, because we're not, we don't care. Like it's almost like expected that we'll almost get beat up at some point. Um, that we're okay with just outpointing or outskilling or outmaneuvering, and guys just go, they lose their head, if you will. I would say that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, because I mean, as you know, um, uh, like, and obviously Tracy, you know, but with my background being a more of a grappling based background between judo and jujitsu, but then my striking style was actually Muay Thai kickboxing. So transitioning into boxing was hard for me (laughs) to say, because it's obviously a very different stance, very different style. So me trying to make the switch has been, it's been difficult in that regard because trying to get used to the whole dynamic is it's it's a different different style altogether um but when it comes to the taking the hits i've actually been way more 
easy going about it because I'm like, it's, it's not my traditional, it's not my usual sport. So I've been easier with getting punched and not losing my cool. But then, well, not only like maybe it was what a week ago, I think it was where we were training and coach Mike was coaching that night. And then he was yeah. like, VJ, I want you to show them, uh, I forget what drill we were doing. And I was beside him. So he's like, show them this. Cause we got to get the, the group going. So I did it and he's like, yeah, do what VJ is doing, but don't hit like a five-year-old girl. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Thanks man. <laughs> um, yeah. When we are talking about that mental aspect. Now, let's go right into the whole idea of what this does for women as a whole. In recent years, women's combat sports has finally started gaining the momentum it deserves. There's a lot of skilled fighters out there who are not getting the recognition simply because of gender. Now, we're finally at that turning point. Unfortunately, it is newer, not it's not older. It hasn't been happening for a long, long time. It's actually only within the past, what, 10 years? Yeah, and I don't even think even that. No, not even that. Yeah, you're right. So it's yeah. still really, really new. So first of all, coming into this age where now it's being addressed with the concept of toxic masculinity and all of that kind of thing, and even just about like we were just talking about with guys can't just get in there and train. They have to prove something. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the whole idea behind how this is now going to change even technically speaking, the society as a whole, knowing that we're addressing toxic masculinity, but also empowering women in combat sports in a more violent aspect. How do you think this is going to affect people going forward? Um, I'm, my hope is that girls get the recognition that guys get already in the sport one day. Um, for example, Jelena Merkidovic, she's from Edmonton. She's an eight-time world champ. She makes about $30,000 a fight. So compare that to Floyd Mayweather, who's like a seven-time world champ, or maybe eight-time now, and he makes $80 million a fight. Yeah. So there's still that huge discrepancy. Um, and now that we're getting more skill in the sport and more like actual prospects and a little bit more recognition, um, and it's not just a joke to watch girls fight anymore, I think my hope is that now we're going to actually get paid like equality um, more equal at least um because that discrepancy is humongous like that's ridiculous it's ridiculous um, so yeah. that's my first hope <laughs> <laughs> that's a big one yeah <laughs> um and then as for like empowerment i know for me like i was always just a uh, tomboy and i didn't care what boys thought i played on a boys baseball team so for me it didn't really make a difference in my confidence um but i know a lot of women have come in and said like it changed my whole life like I'm confident now I don't feel like I have to be scared in an alley because I know I can just punch a person now I'm not recommending that any girl punches <laughs> um, if they're getting attacked in an alley but <laughs> to have that confidence uh, is really helpful um, and just like that whole body image um, idea that strong is the new sexy instead of being this skinny twig being strong and being powerful like i would much rather have muscles than be skinny i don't care about being skinny at all and this is one of those things where we've been we talked a lot about but just the simple fact that we finally are in an age where people can have the freedom to be who they want to be right 
women can fight, confidently say they are a fighter. They don't have to feel weird about it. They don't have to feel ashamed about it. And the sad part is, once upon a time, they did. They did right. feel shame about it because if one woman talked to another woman and said, oh, I lift weights, I bodybuild, blah, 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 what was the typical response? Oh, but you're going to get bulky or, you know, yeah. that's, that stupid response of how women used to treat each other, sadly, with they talk each other down because they're like, yeah. and the wor- and I've heard this before, which uh, even at my own gym with, uh, it was only years ago, uh, but um, I had one member, we were talking about one of my friends who she competes at uh, Olympia level body le- uh, building. Oh yeah. Right. So very, very muscular. And um, she was like, but it's no longer feminine. And I actually got kind of upset about that one. Cause I'm like, who are you to say what's feminine then? Yeah. Because why is it not feminine? Because why are muscles not considered feminine? Because to me, femininity is more of a, do you want to say personality type or? Yeah, it's all perspective though. Because remember when like there was a a kid that asked your friend, the female bodybuilder, the same question, or it wasn't even a question. He went up to her and he's like, my dad says muscles are for boys. Oh, yes. And her response was perfect because she's like, then tell me why your dad doesn't have any. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. She, yeah, she, well, yeah, Jamie's very good at, yeah. (laughs) But like, it's all perspective. Like, you don't have to like that look. I don't particularly want to look like that either, but whatever makes you feel good, that's. But there's the difference. You're saying, okay, I, that's not for me, but it's great for those who want it. Whereas with the situation I'm specifically speaking of, the person was like, but it's no longer, it's a judgment they're making. Right. So that's one of those things that, so the stigma is still there that, so, I mean, obviously that's just talking about building muscle, not, not even getting into, Oh, I fight. Yeah. Right. Like that's, this is now a whole other level. There's always going to be those different perceptions though. Like it's still disappointing to me that when you see a fight poster for UFC or whichever, the girls are always posing in their bra, but they don't make the guys do it that way. Like it becomes like a sexy bikini shot to photo shoot for the promotions of female fights. Whereas they don't, they don't use that same kind of sex appeal for men's fights. So there's still that it's getting better, but there still is a gap in the perception. And I completely agree with you. This is going to be more of a devil's advocate statement. More so because, so we were talking with Coach the other night. Um, uh-huh. Now, what he was saying was, let's take it out of the sport concept. And he was talking about the business concept. He's like, if you become a fighter, you are your business. If there's no yeah. tickets in, the, if there's nobody paying to see you fight, that means you are a business that has no customers. So in that regard, using the sexuality aspect for women's boxing puts butts in the seats no it's not necessarily fair but at the same time that is giving that business credibility would you not say and hopefully one day we don't have to i I agree hopefully one day it doesn't have to be that way i agree but right now that's where we're at i was actually having this conversation on saturday as i was watching boxing with my husband and i was saying why do girls even have to um wear a sports bra during their fight like why couldn't they just wear a tank top it's not in, in like it's not inhibiting your punching power, but it is that whole sexuality thing, and it kind of got me a little bit fired up. And I was like, why? Like guys don't have to wear like they could wear a tank top. Like why don't girls wear a tank top? Why do we have to wear bras? Is that actually a rule? 
Um, I'm not sure. I've never seen a pro fighter wear a tank top. I mean, in amateur, you have to wear the tank top, but mm-hmm. everyone has to wear the tank top, right? Yeah. So, um, so it's equal, but and I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Now that you ask me that, I'm like, actually, I didn't, I didn't actually know if that was a, a rule. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> yeah. I w- yeah. I just was like, I wonder why no girls ever wear tank tops because. I would probably. I don't know. <laughs> so, Test it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, taking into that same aspect now, the ring girl. Where yeah. where do we fall in the concept of the ring girl, especially in a female fight? I think that's ridiculous. I think ring girls didn't, are. Didn't you have to do that once? I did, and it was the most humiliating thing I've ever done in my life. Like it was ridiculous. So. Um, I don't think they, I think their reason they're there is to keep the gentleman interested, but why not a ring boy then? <laughs> Do you, oh, folks, if you're hearing that in the background, that's a new yeah. little baby yeah. Miss Kendra has. <laughs> yeah. A future female fighter. A future female future fighter right. coming up right there. Um, right. Do you think that that would work? A ring. No, I don't think because it's just like guy cheerleaders and stuff. It's not the same. We weren't, we don't have the same, like, yeah, like women still look at guys and find them sexually attractive, but we don't sexualize everything the same yeah. way. So we don't I, objectify men like that. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think it would work to me. It doesn't interest me at all. I'd, I find it sexier to watch the guys actually fighting. Yeah. I don't go out of my way to go see male strippers. I've never seen a male stripper, so I don't. I don't think I would want to see a male ring card boy. No. <laughs> but I don't think that the girls should have to go do a ring card girl in a girl fight. I don't think they should have to do it anytime. But whatever, that's their own choice. They want to do it, they can do it. Yeah. Now, do you think that that is something that will change, or is that going to be part and parcel with the sport for going like for good? I think it's stuck. I think it stays. It's part of the culture. It's part of the history. So I don't think it's going to change. Yeah, I don't think that's that's going anywhere. Like we were saying before, if it puts even one butt in a seat to look at the ring ring girls, they're still going to stay. Exactly. Exactly. Now, is that uh, one of those things, though, where it's like, okay, is that going to be something people are going to look at as a holdback to the sport going forward for evolution? Or is this a situation where they're like, you know what, just leave it alone? I think it's separate because those girls are um, models and they're trying to make their way into a different part of the sport. Right. They're not trying to be a fighter. So I think it's completely separate. Okay. That's that, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. Now, this is going to be one part that I'm going to bring up because I always find this fun and I know exactly how you get with this and I'm going to bring it up for the sake of it because it's going to be entertaining for me. So, Kendra, what do you what do you feel about boxing studios? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and folks out there, when you're listening, I'm talking about a boxing studio versus a boxing club. And yes, there is a very big difference. And Kendra's going to tell you all about it right now. <laughs> Um, I find it interesting when people say I box um, and they go to a boxing studio. I won't name any boxing studios. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep the term general right now. Just boxing studios, you know who you are. Right, right. It's not so, even the um, studios that are at fault, though. Like, I have, well, the, yeah. I have the same opinion on it as Kendra. Like, yeah. if you're just going for a workout, 
great go yeah. get your workout done and and all that but don't hashtag your pictures fighter and boxer <laughs> yeah because you're not <laughs> If you're not learning, if you're going into a studio and there's black lights and no <laughs> technique is being taught and you're thumping around and one and two and one, that is not a boxing gym. That is not boxing. That is nothing boxing. That is a workout and it has its place. But oh my gosh, don't say you're a boxer. <laughs> and if you want to, come to my class and then try it and then see. <laughs> or or come and come to a class where you're actually somebody's gonna try and punch you in the face. Then you'll yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. Even just do a, a fitness class at a real boxing gym, and you'll know the difference. Yeah. Right? So. And it's one of those things because I do see so many of these videos where on Instagram, of course, where people are hashtagging boxer, hashtagging um, fighter, and all that kind of stuff, and then they post videos of them, for example, working pads. And the worst thing that I see with them, and I'm not trying to shit on boxing studios because a good workout's a good workout, but just the mm -hmm. same thing. If, if you're not if you're not learning how to fight, you're not a boxer. Right. End of story. But um, when I see these videos and people, and I see these hashtags, and first of all, the person hitting the pads is horrendous. <sighs> not because they have to be horrendous, but because the person holding the pads can't teach them the right way to do it. Therefore, they're right. not even learning it right. right. You know what I mean? So now it's coming into... So this is where you do have put some fault on the boxing studios because they are empowering these people to say, you're a boxer now. And it's like, no, yeah. you're not. Right. <laughs> right? Because we've been to a, 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 to a, a boxing studio workout. And I think you have too, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so... It's, yeah, it's an okay workout. It's not a boxing workout. It's a workout with yeah. minimal instruction. But the thing is also, at a, no, a number of times I've seen it and experienced it when I, we went as well, but some of the people saying they're trying to show you how to do stuff on the pads can't hold the pads. Right. right? They don't know how to hold them right. And then yeah. they're, they're you know, trying to work pads with you. I remember specifically I was with one guy and... I was like, okay, dude, you're going to have to stop because if you don't hold this right, I'm going to blow my shoulder out. Yeah. Right? Like, they don't know how to hold them, but they're trying to tell you what to do. That's what yeah, I didn't exactly. like. That's what I really didn't like was this guy was trying to tell me what to do. And I'm like, D are you serious right now? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, that's, that's the separation between studio versus a proper club. Yeah. Right. They they don't know how to teach proper technique. They don't. Well, in all fairness, they don't have the time to teach proper technique because the idea is to get you in, get you through your workout, and get you out. Yeah. Right. So it's not a place to learn. It's a place to train. Yeah. Right. So. Um, yeah, and coach Coach Doug and Mike will be the first ones to tell you that like anyone can look good on pads. Um, it's and, choreography. And, yeah, it's not. It's not an indication of anyone's skill or fighting ability at all it, just, it looks fancy yeah and some some of the ways the new um people are learning how to do pads is just kind of a tap 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 technique and it's not even doing proper technique or anything but it looks super fast and super cool so so many people are learning it's almost the floyd mayweather for show pads but like that's a media workout trick that's just because it's cool that's not how floyd mayweather actually hits pads right yeah so yeah. Now, what in all 
all aspects of doing that specific exercise of training with the pad tapping would you say what would you say is at least the there has to be at least a benefit it's good for cardio and it's good for like warming up your arms and stuff like right before a fight you don't want to blow out all your steam right so we do do like lighter pads and lighter faster pads when you're peaking right um but that's the only reason and it's if it's in a media workout you're trying to get the media attention as well and make it cool so that's the whole reason okay yeah. So it is basically for it at I'll say it this way at best that type of training technique is a good warm up. Yes. Okay, yeah. that works fair. Yeah. So at least yeah. just just for the folks out there because we're not trying to shit on you if you're if that's something you really love doing. We're not trying to tell you that you're yeah. you're garbage or anything like that, but the thing is fair, being fair there's a proper way to train to fight and then there is the attention getting stuff. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so sure. that being said that is that is just it's a good way to warm up and not much more. Yeah. Now, when we're talking about females training, do you find there a diff- do you find there to be a difference from men to women? And now I'm talking about all aspects. I'm not just talking about physical exertion. I'm talking about how they handle the training, how how well you can train them, how hard you can push them. Do you find there to be a big difference between the two or do you think that everyone's equal? Um, I think that there it's a it's an equal playing field for training. Okay. I think it's a personal thing. So there is the whiny bitchy trainer or whiny bitch or bitchy fighter mm-hmm. who is Oh, I'm cutting weight and wah, 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 wah. <laughs> when I'm cutting weight. Um, and then there is the person that's just like, yeah, I'm cutting weight and this sucks, but I got to do it. So I got to make weight. Um, at the same time, like I hate running, but when I'm fighting, I have to run six days a week and I'm not going to be happy about it, but I'm not going to complain about it either because it's part of the training and that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think making weight is another beast in itself because girls have the hormone aspect so my coach always had to ask when where I was in my cycle and when my period was coming and he doesn't have to ask the boys that obviously <laughs> right yeah um, so he, we would know like oh if your period's coming you're gonna be retaining water and your weight is gonna be a harder weight cut and that being said what what's the variation or is it just different for everyone it's different for everyone for me it could be like 10 pounds to be quite honest so, okay right yeah it could be bad but um yeah we got through it so we would plan for that based on yeah hormones so let's see what <laughs> yeah, yeah hormones <laughs> so you have to you have to pick your fight dates based on your cycle well we can't really pick them right so yeah. if nationals was set for this week and it would always happen inevitably that it'd be like that time of the month yeah <laughs> so you'd have to plan for that time of the month and that weight cut so it'd just be a little bit more time on the bike in between fights right yeah now just before we break into our commercial break here does it break into our commercial break is that sure did yeah <laughs> like, is that that's not proper um but anyway <laughs> just before we break into that though um how do you would you recommend boxing for everyone I would love everyone to try it. I do understand that it's not for everyone, but I have a, like a 75-year-old lady that comes to the classes and then I have like a 14-year-old girl. 
And so I think everyone could do it. And if they love it, they love it. I think everyone inside, they don't know that they're a fighter and they don't know that they like to punch shit. And then they try it and then they love it. And so I think everyone should try it. And if it's not for you, obviously, you would not do it. But I think it would surprise a lot of people. See, now that's a, that's a good PC answer right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's an honest answer. It is an answer. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> All right, folks, we're just going to take a quick commercial break here, and we will be right back. Hello all, this is BJ Prasad with Aspire Higher Health and Fitness and I want to know from you what you have to say. If you have any comments or questions, anything that you want clarification on in our podcast or even if you want to be included somehow, just let us know by sending us a quick email. Our email address is info at aspirehigherfitness.com and we want to hear from you. Any ideas, any comments, any questions, any concerns, we want to know what you want to know. Take care. Welcome back, folks. I hope you had a good power pee or power poop or whatever you're doing over the break. And we are back. So again, we are with Miss Kendra Moak, and we are talking about women and combat sports. And basically, the the I'll say it this way because I think it's a nice way to phrase it, but the revolutionary age that we're in, in which women can comfortably be able to state that they are a fighter and be able to show that they are a fighter and not feel weird about it, for one. Uh, so we just came back after talking about the fact that... Uh, Kendra was saying that she thinks it is something that everyone should at least try. Now, I also personally believe this. Now, some people may disagree with me, and definitely if you do disagree with me, email us, info at aspirehigherfitness.com, because we do want to hear what you feel, what you think about this kind of stuff especially. But I personally feel that everyone, at least once in their life, should fight. And now, the reason why I say it this way is because fighting is something... Now, um, sorry, Kendra, when did you say you started boxing? When I was 18. 18? So, when you... Fighting is something that tells you who you are. This is something that shows you who you're going to be without any way to hide from it. Because when you're in against somebody else, it's going to show you, are you... Are you the fighter? Are you going to fight back? Are you going to turtle and cover up? Are you going to defend yourself? You know, it's going to teach you something about who you are on the inside. And I think that is something that not everybody has the the honor, I would even say, of experiencing for themselves. I feel like if everybody doesn't at least once in their life actually take one fight, they're doing themselves an injustice. I don't know if I agree with that because one fight doesn't tell you much. If I think about my first fight, it was horrible. It was I'm not talking about skill. I'm not talking about skill. No, I know. But like just getting in there is one thing. And then I don't know. I don't know if one fight can really tell you much is all I'm trying to say. Like it might, it's probably going to be a shit show either way, win or lose. So then you have to decide whether you want to get back in there or not. So I don't know. But that's a different thing, I think. I feel that this, again, going back to what I was talking about with primal behavior, when you get into a fight, it teaches you something about who you are, who you can be. Well, I think in that regard, if you, if everybody does it once, you're going to know if you want to get back in there or not Yeah. afterwards. I've... So that 
I guess can tell you something, but oh, I think that tells a lot. I think you could get that all in sparring though, without actually fighting. Like a lot of people are gym heroes and they stay sparring and they're never going to get in the ring and you know they won't or you know they shouldn't. And you have to make that decision as a coach to say like, we don't think you should fight. Um, but at least you do have the balls to get in the ring and spar. And I think that it would still show you whether you have that fight or flight reflex. Like true sparring, not just like touch sparring, not play sparring, like not drills, real sparring. I think you could get that whole test of who you are in sparring. And see, the reason why I would say that I would lean towards them actually taking a fight is because there's also the intensity and the pressure of the crowd. Oh, true. Right? It's like, this, it's, that's a whole, not only are you doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for yourself in front of other people. Right, like we're talking. That's why I feel like it. It gives you a little. It gives you a little insight into what you can, what you can truly face. Right. So, I mean, I started training when I was five with judo and jujitsu and all that kind of stuff. So I've been, I've been a lifelong fighter doing this my whole life and competing all my life. Um, if you start really young, it doesn't necessarily tell you about who you are as much as showing you who you are. But if you start doing it later in life. I feel that that's something where you can start realizing who you are and who you can be. Yeah. This is going a little philosophical, I think, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, because could, you could say the same thing about if we're just talking about the crowd. If I decided to become a theater actor tomorrow, I have to perform in front of a stage, and that, that scares the shit out of me way more than stepping into the ring. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not like I'm not a good fighter by any means I just started but yeah like you kind of forget about all that at the in the moment and maybe it's the same for someone that's a good actor or whatever but I don't know I don't know if that like being in front of a crowd you get that experience in a lot of sports yeah. a, what were you saying I just think that there's so many people that are never gonna get in the ring never gonna fight so it's just kind of like unrealistic. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, what is yeah. it like? One percent, one to two percent yeah. of the population that have act- that actually will step into a ring in their lifetime. So, oh yeah, not even that. I bet you. It's it's a very very low percentage. Yeah. And again, that's going into that fact that this is also one of those reasons why so many people. Well, you look at other sports like baseball and and is bowling a sport? Not really, not in my opinion. But But, well, either way, like there's other sports you can do, but to be a fighter, whether you're getting paid or you're not, even as an amateur, you're going in, you're taking some serious trauma. Yeah. And so it takes something, something different for a fighter to be a fighter. Oh, for sure. And there's going to be those guys in the crowd that say like, oh, I'd have knocked that guy out in five seconds. Well, get in the ring, sir, with your like Lululemon top and your sparkly hat, get in the ring and see. Yeah. Is Lululemon top and sparkly, is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> it's just always those douchey guys in the crowd that are like, knock them out. And like, they have no idea the actual game plan or like, if it's a journeyman fighter, the reason behind you can't knock them out. I just thought of Devin's fight, his last fight, um, where the, the Mexican came to fight and he was a survivor and there there was guys in the crowd right behind us saying like I'd have knocked this guy out like why doesn't he just finish him well 
you don't understand like he's in there to survive and he's like holding and being greasy and they have no idea of everything like all or that it's not that simple to just knock somebody out. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of the the armchair athletes when they the ones who just watch combat sports but never have actually done it. So many of them are like, I could do that. No, you can't. Yeah. Because that's why it's only like one percent of the population does it. Because no, you can't. You can say it, but no, you can't. But right. I even and like when you're watching a twelve round fight, the guys on the TV don't even look tired after like eight rounds, right? Yeah. So it's only 30 36 minutes of fighting like i could do anything for 36 minutes yeah right after three rounds you're like holy crap i'm dying like i'm actually dying so taking into account also i mean just this simple adrenaline rush and all that stuff your body's being burnt the moment you step into the ring Exactly. Right. So, and like they always say, uh, how many? Like, what's the percentage? Something like sixty percent of fights are lost on their way to the ring, not even before you even start the fight. Oh yeah. Right. For Just sure. because energy is being consumed the moment you start getting ready to do it. I remember I was watching. Um, I was in Hawaii one time when uh, uh, years ago, and I was watching a Super Bowl Thirty Eight MMA uh, fight because in Hawaii they do them regularly, and the hometown hero was fighting against a guy from Wisconsin. And the people in the crowd were like, just mount him. Why doesn't he just mount him and finish him? And it's like, just like that, hey? Yeah. He's just going to do it. He just, he's just going to do it. It's not, the other guy's not going to stop him. He's, he should just yeah. do it. And these people are sitting beside me as though they're like, they're top level coaches the way they were talking about what he should do to do it. It's like, I'm pretty sure he knows more about doing this than you do. Right. <laughs> but like you said, like you're saying, right? They're just, oh, what? He could just do this. I would have done it. Yeah. It's like, oh God, some people. Then come on in and do it. Like, let's yeah. try. <laughs> go, go to your boxing studio and do it then. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're kind of segueing away from the concept though. Yeah, we digress. <laughs> we digress a little away bit. Away from the females in the sport. <laughs> but getting back to that, well, now when we are talking about, even going into that now, actually, that's a good way to get into that because it will happen. Do you think there are, is going to be the same level and concept of women doing that same type of behavior in women's fights? What do you mean? I don't think so. Like the armchair, the armchair fighter. You don't think so? No. I don't think girls are like that. Like, I don't think, no, no. Like I, when I see fights, like I'll be like, yeah, okay, I do something different there. But that's because I have the skill and the confidence that I know. Yeah. Um, but I would never like when I'm watching like a dance show I don't sit there and say like I could do that or I, could, I don't know why she didn't do that I'd be like, I'm just like what? <laughs> I wouldn't say I could do that because then somebody would be like well show us yeah <laughs> but I think that's the difference between people who have, who have tried a certain sport and those who haven't like the ones that are criticizing and saying like oh I would have done this. I could have, like, you could have finished him in a second or whatever. Those are the ones that have never done anything. They have no idea how hard it is. Like, right. if you've at least tried boxing or dancing or whatever, you have some concept of the amount of time and energy that goes into learning it. So you're not going to just judge so freely like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think yeah. that's, that's fair. If you've done it at least once you're going to be a little more reserved when you before you start calling people out on what they should do. Yeah, but like, like if you look at certain things, like 
I don't do gymnastics or dance. Like that to me seems impossible. My body just doesn't move like that. Like we have a friend that is a gymnast and slash contortionist. The things she do blow does blow my mind every single day. And she's like elite, elite level in her sport. I can't see her watching a fight and criticizing because she knows what it's like to work and train and do that kind of stuff. It's something to be said that true athletes don't do that. Well, because you know, you know what it takes. Like, you know, the discipline, even if you're not top level, you're still putting in the time and putting in the work that that says something. And it does. And also just the fact that uh, a true athlete knows how much effort they put into their sport to get as good as they did. Therefore, they're not going to be like, I can go into your sport and walk through it. Right. Right. Because right. they know what it took for them to get where they are. So that they're... being said, like I coached the national alpine ski team, mm-hmm. and those guys, because they're so athletic and girls, actually, it's more the girls than the guys, they pick up boxing so fast because they're natural athletes. So yeah. those people that have trained at an elite level may be more likely to be successful in one or two sports or more successful and it'll become easier for them versus the person that's just like coming off the sidelines of a golf game yeah i would agree and this i agree with that a true athlete will also be able to be a multi-athlete a lot easier than somebody else but i just mean more from the um the mental aspect they're not going to be like i'm just going to go into your sport and dominate oh no no, right because they're going to pay the respect to the sport like holy crap that's hard yeah Right, it's it's paying respect to the sport. Uh, well, paying re- respect to sports and training in general. Yeah, exactly. Right, because again, they know what it took for them to get where they are, so they know it's not going to be as simple as I'm going to walk into what you do and do it better. Right, exactly. Anything, anything can be adapted. Anything can be reworked. Anything can be trained to make it easier for them to transition, because they've already got the athletic base, but that's the respect part takes over and it's like, well, I'm not going to just act like a fool and be like, I can do it better than you get. Exactly. Or I should exactly. say, I shouldn't generalize, say mostly. How about that? Because <laughs> there's going yeah. to be, a, there is still going to be cocky athletes. That's, it's right. going to happen, but for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> With, um, actually, how many, how many girls are at Beaumont right now? Like, um, regularly not very many no i'd say like maybe 10 maybe 10? regularly yeah 10 that come in and train there's only i think i might be the only one competing right now and i'm not like high level or anything i'm just competing in the charity events and stuff so <clears throat> yeah yeah there was at one point it was um it was an anomaly. Beaumont had zero guy fighters and we had two girl fighters <laughs> at, the, at, at the national level and no boys. It was for like four years. Oh, wow. It was just myself and one other person. And then, um, and it kind of, about three years ago, it flip flopped. And then now it's become a real, we've got quite a few guys and not very many girls. Yeah. Do you think that's going to turn? Um, if we can get some younger girls, like no offense, Tracy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm none taken. Like I'm, I, I am well aware I'm not going to nationals or anything like right. that. Right. It takes like a, like a 
young girl to start writing. And like we have that university group of girls that come to the ladies class. Yeah. If they could come more consistently, they do bring like groups of girls, right? So if we could get that culture where they're actually showing up on a weekly basis. Yeah. I think our girl population would go up and then inevitably we would get more girls fighting. Yeah, because out of the ones that show up just to train, yeah. somebody's going to be like, okay, like I wouldn't mind trying competing. Exactly. That's how you started, right? Like, that's, yeah. yeah, exactly. With, yeah, because if, if there's out of 10, well, how, right now there's out of the 10, there's it's just you competing? Yeah, there's, right now, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't actually. I actually wondered about that because I didn't know how many. Because Tammy is not right now, right? No. No, I don't think anybody else at the moment has any has any desire to. There are a couple young girls that um, come during the week, like um, Pearl. She, Pearl. Yeah, she's Pearl good. Like if she fight. wanted to try, but I don't know if she will. Is there a weight class small enough for Pearl? Kendra's. Oh yeah, weight there's class like fifty-four. <laughs> 54 um, pound girls. I was going to say, I'm like, Pearl's got to weigh, what, 50 pounds wet? No. <laughs> is, is that bubble I weight? She, I think she fight at 104. Mm. Yeah, she's, she's little, but she's not that little. <laughs> <laughs> and when um, when Coach Kenny comes back here, when what are you going to be competing at again? <laughs> uh, I, I always said that I would fight at like uh, in September. <laughs> oh, like coming up? But I don't know. Based on the uh, breastfeeding schedule, it's a little bit harder to train than I thought it would be. So. <laughs> <laughs> you mean uh, harder than what everybody was telling you it was going to be? Yeah. <laughs> and folks out there listening, this is Kendra's first child right now. so. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll see. But I don't know. My weight will be the same. I'll have to fight at 119 because I'm a giant at 119. So, oh, we'll try to fight there. <laughs> you should fight at 125 and go up against some of the the other female fighters. Are you are... thinking of? <laughs> yeah, she knows. Who... We know who you're talking about. Call that one out. What? I would probably call that one person out and say, "Hey, I fight at 119. I'll meet you at 125 and actually punch you in the face." Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be fun. It would be fun for me as a spectator. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? I want to see it too, and I know it's just... <laughs> oh. And everybody outside, or everybody who's listening, like, who are they talking about? <laughs> well, do you think that's a good question for this, though? Like, do you think that's a testament to the fact that there are so few female fighters that some girls that maybe aren't the best fighters, but they get pushed through... Up the up the ranks just because there is nobody else. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I could, I. It's funny when people say like, "Oh, Golden Gloves champion," and I always say like, "I could tell you that I am twelve-time Golden Gloves champion, but I only fought at Golden Gloves twice. But I won a gold every time by walkover because no girls were there. Right. So I could say like, "Oh, I I got second at ringside nationals or like ring, ringside international tournament." But there was two girls in my weight category. So I lost my one fight. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. So, like, I could make myself sound awesome. But really, um, does it count? Like, when, you know, oh, I won an, I won silver at an international tournament. How many people were there? Two. Yeah. So, 
you know, and absolutely, like, and that's what's good now. Now, now we have more at our national level. Now we actually have eight to ten girls fighting in every weight category. Whereas when I started, there was three, I think, when I went my first time at 125. Yeah. So I got a bronze, or I got a, yeah, I got a silver at, I, at 125 because I won one fight. <laughs> I would like, still give respect to the fact, though, that even if you came second out of two at an international event, there's still the respect that you did go and you did fight. Right. You know, like, uh, let's not take away or belittle the achievement because maybe, no, you didn't win, but the thing is you still got in there and you still fought. So there's still paying the respect to the athlete that you went and you did your job. Oh, yeah. And it's and it's not like you're getting stopped at these international tournaments. So that is a testament to, like, your skill. Okay, you do belong there. You do... You, you paid your way and like yeah. I got a split decision so I mean it wasn't like it was a bad fight right but I mean I think it does it's easier for a girl to make it further in boxing because there's just less girls right there's less competition yeah yeah it's hard for a male fighter to make it to nationals because you probably have three fights at provincials and then well when they had westerns you probably had three fights at westerns and then you have to make it to nationals, and then you could have six fights at nationals. That's a that's a pretty decent amount, right? A so a, for a guy, that's crazy. Well, if he's thinking about it that way, because at a grappling competition, having eight, ten fights in a grappling competition isn't that big of a deal because the trauma is very different from striking trauma. Right. So when we're talking about grappling throws, submissions, things like that, your body can handle more throws and submissions easier than it can handle straight trauma Getting to the head the you know yeah, like exactly. so having six boxing matches is a very different animal yeah and with the potential of cuts because there's at nationals there's no headgears for open fighters so the potential of getting a cut and making it through with without a cut is huge too right so that's basically it's basically a gauntlet oh absolutely yeah and you have to make weight every day. Like, people don't realize that at a tournament. You don't just have to make weight the first day. Yeah. Like, you have to make weight morning after morning after morning after morning. And that takes a toll on your body because you're sitting at a weight that you're not normally at for six days straight. Yeah. yeah. You're tired and you're hungry. <laughs> oh, yeah. And thirsty and you're just like, oh, my God, when is this going to end? And some of them will be having that time of that month where they have to do the hormone <laughs> thing. Well, for and... girls, yeah. That well, that's another, why, yeah. like Another level of complexity to it. So yeah. in many ways, just trying to be part of the boxing culture as an actual combatant is much more of a toll on a female than it is on a male. There's many more aspects that we have to look at here. Right. With, with, with regards to the like hormonal aspect of it all, um, but in the other ways, like we were saying, it is a little bit easier to make them far. So you give some and you take some away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah. So you have less competition, but there's more nature involvement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was so awkward. I didn't know how else to... I didn't know how else to... Folks, I think this conversation would have probably gone a little differently if Kendra and Tracy were talking and I just sat back. Because <laughs> let's be honest here, I am the odd man out. I just air quoted because as we all talk about women in combat sports, I really am the one who doesn't have place here. <laughs> you weren't expecting it to go to 
menstruation. And I, didn't actually, I didn't actually think I, that would play a role. I didn't actually expect Kendra to bring that up. <laughs> Imagine well, how Doug must have felt when all he had was girlfriends. No. <laughs> had to think about those things all the time. Oh, I can and picture on, a coach top, like that, yeah. On top of that, one of our fighters did get pregnant at a tournament, so... Isn't that bad? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it wasn't me, I'm just saying. It wasn't <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, I feel uh, is it, I feel like that's frowned upon. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it didn't oh. look good for us. <laughs> well, folks, thank you everyone for joining us today. We had a great conversation, a great chat with our very special guest and our Tracy and my coach as well, Kendra. Thank you for joining us with this day and talking about all of this information, especially the menstruation. I was very comfortable. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'll make you uncomfortable anytime you want me, Jay. You do that anyway. I know. <laughs> And definitely, folks, if you have any questions, please email us, info at aspireheartfitness.com. We'd love to hear from you. And definitely, you know, we train at Beaumont Boxing, and that's here in Calgary. So if you guys want to check that out, definitely do so, because we are there pretty regularly. And Kendra is one of the big coaches there that you're going to see. Yeah, she's always ready to kick your ass. And devastate you. And She's always going to what, try. What's your favorite saying? To crush our souls? Yeah, yeah to crush your soul. We're going to crush your soul. <laughs> but, but I always told you, whether you were getting me or not, you'd never know it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And definitely check it out next time. Or check us out next time. We will talk to you guys on the next one. Take care. Hello, this is Vijay Prasad with Aspire Higher Health and Fitness. Did you know that we offer a seven day free trial for our online bootcamps? If you don't know what an online bootcamp is, we'll make it very simple for you because all you need to do is have a little bit of space, some dumbbells, and a Wi-Fi connection. We offer online classes daily, Monday to Friday, Monday and Tuesday, they're at noon. Wednesday through Friday, they are at 7, 8, and 9 a.m. Every day is a different workout, and they are live with a small group. All you need to do is get to that computer screen or monitor, and we'll take care of the rest. If you want to try one of our online boot camps and get that fitness goal achieved, especially starting this coming year, then definitely give us a shout. You can email us, info at aspirehighfitness.com. Let's book you in and get things started. Thanks for listening to our Aspire Higher Health and Fitness podcast. If you do want to find us, you can find us on the internet, the internet, the web, www.aspirehigherfitness.com, and you can email us, info at aspirehigherfitness.com. Definitely let us know if you want to try that free trial online bootcamp. We are in Mountain Standard Time, and that is going to be run via Facebook. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe so we can continue to help you level up your life. Aspire Higher Health and Fitness, it's about overcoming.